Welcome to Bikini Diaries. I'm Naima Thompson, businesswoman and IFBB bikini professional. Here, you will get the inside scoop from many bikini professionals and myself as we dive deep into the inner core of our triumphs, hardships, and evolution. This podcast was made to inspire, resonate, and enlighten others with all talks bikini in hopes that you never give up on your dreams. Thank you so much for tuning in today. Now let's talk bikini. Dear Diary. I am smiling so big right now. You have no idea how excited I am. I wanted to formally invite each and every single one of you to the biggest event of the year. Boss Bodies is hosting a three-day wellness retreat at the luxurious Laos Hotel in Miami Beach, Florida. Being held October 18th, 19th, and 20th. This is an event you won't want to miss. There will be guest speakers, team dinners, brunches, a group beach workout, giveaways, meet and greets, and so much more. Be prepared to be inspired, educated, and motivated to take on life like never before. It's seriously the best feeling to be around like-minded individuals with similar values seeking to accomplish their health and fitness goals. Right now, since you are a member of the Bikini Diaries podcast community, I am giving you a discount of 25% off the original ticket offer. So how do you receive this offer? And remember, we're only taking 75 people. Everyone is invited. And this is very, very limited event because we want it to be personable and we want to be able to connect. So again, how do you receive this discount? Please email teambossbodies at gmail.com. Mention that you're a member of the Bikini Diaries community and receive your large discount. Oh, I am so excited for you to be my guest and I can't wait to see you all there. I'm looking forward to meeting each and every single one of you, taking photos and giving each other a big squeeze. This episode is brought to you guys by Team Boss Bodies. Have you ever wanted to prep for a show but have nowhere to start? Are you that person who has no interest in prepping for a show at all, but you just want to get that really nice bikini bod? Or have you already accomplished your bikini bod and you've already been on stage, but you just want something a little bit more in your prep? You're just really ready to take it to the next level. Are you someone who wants to try a healthy approach to this dieting game? You want individualized attention and someone to be your guide telling you exactly what to do and when to do it and to also be your number one supporter. If you want to feel a part of a community where all of your goals really matter and you're achieving results and the results are actually maintainable, then I am so excited to 
invite you into the club. Team Boss Bodies is exactly for you. We specialize in women's health. We help women to reach their health and fitness goals. We believe in keeping food as high as possible and cardio as low as possible. We customize your meal plans to your likes and your dislikes. And we also create a plan that is sustainable for your life for the long haul. You also have the option of choosing a more flexible plan if you want to count macros. Each plan includes your training, nutrition, cardio, and supplementation. Plans are adjusted weekly to a bi-weekly basis, and you are checking in twice a week. There's ongoing assessment to target your strengths and your weaknesses, weekly consultations, and ongoing guidance. You get 24-7 access to your coaches through text and email. And let's not forget our perks. We have a Facebook group that's going to help keep you accountable and invite you into a community that loves you and that is on the same journey as you. And team shows to get all of our girls involved. So if this is for you and you're ready to give it a try, you can go to teambossbodies.com slash apply and use the code Bikini Diaries for 15% off your packages. Now let's get into the episode. Happy Tuesday. Today is a wonderful, wonderful day, but it's also a wonderful day to be happy and grateful. I want to take a moment to tell you just how grateful I am to have you in my life. This constant exchange of energy has been so rewarding, and I strive to continue to help you in your journey. I would like to first say thank you so much for all of your support in the podcast. You have no idea. I want to say this over and over again just to just to let you know that I fully support you, and I thank you so much for your support in me. If you know someone who would love to listen to any of the episodes that you've heard or who could benefit from any of the episodes, please, you know, share with them. You never know what one podcast can do. One podcast can change someone's life or just be what they needed to hear that day. And if you're someone who has already shared, but you would love to support the podcast more, then you can check out my website, naimafit.com shop, and you can grab your very own bikini Diaries Honorary Tea. These teas are adorable and I actually did design them. (laughs) There's different colors and different styles and they're so much fun. So again, if you want to go and support the podcast, it's naimafit.com slash shop. And in the show notes, you can also click on the link and it's a very, very simple way to get there. But before we get started, I would like to actually gift a tea to... Her name on this review is Janelle Yall. She titles her review, So Knowledgeable. It reads, Naima's podcast revived my passion for competing and brought it back from the grave. Seriously, I have been in a year-long off-season and I just began to prep for my next show in the fall. And this show has lit my fire all over again. It's so inspiring to hear the stories of bikini pros and Naima goes above and beyond to create a space for knowledge, experience, and wisdom in the most beautiful, elegant ways. I am so excited to continue my prep with this podcast in my toolbox of motivation to get me through. 
I check my podcast every Tuesday just to listen in on the latest. Thank you so much. Like I just get chills reading this because it's so sweet and I really, really try hard to make sure that I give you guys the best content. So Janelle, please DM me so I can send you your very own Bikini Diaries honorary Let's get started the moment that you've all been waiting for. And I've actually been waiting for this moment too, because I'm just so excited to let you in on what's to come today. Today, you are going to listen to the best podcast episode you have ever listened to. What this woman is going to tell you today is truly going to impact your life in ways that we need so dearly. She's going to give you tips on how to create daily excellence in your life and how you are going to use these tips to accomplish your daily goals. She's going to share with you how she breaks her goals into tangible steps in order to become successful. And of course, everything that she's been through in the last like three to four years, which has been such a whirlwind of experiences. Her strength is her mentality, and you are going to get a taste of how she conquers being a lifestyle and fitness YouTuber, social media influencer, online coach, entrepreneur, and of course, an IFBB bikini professional. So without further ado, I am so excited and delighted to introduce to you IFBB bikini professional Emily Hayden. Hi Emily, how are you? I'm good. How are you doing? I'm wonderful. I am so you have no idea how excited I am that you are on this podcast. Um a lot of the girls have actually been requesting that, to have you on so it's just such a good treat. Oh, no way. Well, what's up to everybody listening? I'm so excited to be on here and you know, I've seen you put this out on your Instagram and stuff, and it's been really successful. So I'm really honored to be here, and I'm proud of you for everything that you've done. It's really admirable, all the work that you put into this podcast and this brand that you've created. So congrats to you. Thank you, girl. Well, let's go ahead and get started with the bikini yeah, hack. of course. Um, I'm sure everybody knows who you are, but if they don't, this is going to be such a treat. So Emily, where are you from? I am from Houston, Texas. That's where I was born and raised. And then I moved out to California about five years ago. So now I'm in Venice, California, and I train at the Mecca of Bodybuilding Gold's Gym, which I love. And how old are you? I am 20. Okay, I'm 27, but I'll be 28 next week. (laughs) Oh, awesome. June 15th, right? Yeah. Yay. (laughs) That's awesome. (laughs) What do you do for a living? I, oh gosh, that's a really loaded question. So I have my own personal brand. Uh, I started in the fitness industry in 2013. I'm a fitness and lifestyle YouTuber, a podcast host, an online coach, a social media influencer, uh, and I'm also the director of the YouTube team at First Form. So I do a lot. (laughs) Yeah, and you're also a mommy, right? Yes. I'm a fur baby mom to the cutest little Frenchie on the freaking planet. His name is Vinny, and he's actually sleeping right next to me right now. (laughs) Oh, that's wonderful. (laughs) How many years have you been competing, Emily? I've been competing since 2013. So, oh oh gosh, it's actually coming up on my anniversary. So June 2013 was my first NPC show. When and where did you get your pro card? I got my pro card at NPC USA's in 2016. What's your favorite quote that keeps you going? 
My favorite quote, I'm actually going to read it to you because I feel like it's written so nicely. And I feel like my favorite quote changes over time, depending on the season that I'm in and what applies to me. But I think once I read this out loud, you'll understand why this one is so powerful in my life right now. So it's actually by Aristotle. Excellence is never an accident. It is always the result of high intention, sincere effort, and intelligent execution. It represents the wise choice of many alternatives. Choice, not chance, determines your destiny by Aristotle. Mm, I love that. I know. I feel like it just, right? It so accurately describes even just, you know, prep. Prep itself is the process of taking yourself through this, this excellence and how it's never an accident. It's thought out. It's meditated. It's sought after. It's envisioned. And I feel like this quote just so accurately describes like my life and and what I'm all about. <laughs> yes. Name one quality that makes you a really strong athlete. I know you have so many. <laughs> Mindset. Mental strength. <laughs> wow, that's really powerful. I think we kind of all need that, especially when it comes to competing, because that's what it's all about. Yeah, I think with the right mindset, you can literally get through anything. That's why I think more than, you know, physical strength or power, I think mental strength is the biggest thing. Mm. And what keeps you motivated? I don't really stay motivated. I just stay disciplined. (laughs) Yay, I'm so glad you said that. (laughs) Yeah, it's so true. (laughs) And what is your why behind competing? Hmm. My why behind competing is I just I have this vision that's inside of me. And I think that if you have a dream or a vision or something that is so heavy on your heart, that that alone in itself is proof that it can be reality, that it can be possible. And I think if you have a strong enough vision, you've got to go for it because it's it's literally yourself already telling telling you that it can be true. It can be be real. So I'm wanting to bring that vision to reality. I'm wanting to be that person that believes in themselves and believes in that crazy vision or purpose that they see in their lives and then like see it come come to life. So powerful, Emily. <laughs> so this is more of a fun question. And we all want to know what was your greatest bikini moment? Oh, by far winning my pro card. <laughs> that was just the greatest moment ever. I had worked for it for so long and I'd come runner up to my pro card multiple times. And it was just such a battle. It was such, you know, such a back and forth. And there was so much that went into that. It's like all of when it, when that, you know, all your hard work finally pays off, it's the most incredible feeling in the world. So that moment was just so incredible for me. I remember cause it was all recorded. So <laughs> <laughs> I watched oh, the yeah, whole that's thing. Right. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I still get people to this day that say that they rewatched that video of when I won it just because um, it's really cool. I got to document it, you know, for the world to see. So they got to see a lot of what went into that. So I think it made people invested in that outcome and also it just kind of like inspired them for their own outcomes, you know, and that's always my goal with everything is I document not to say, look at me, but to say, look, dude, like if I did it, so can you. You just got to believe in yourself and do it. <laughs> I think one thing that was so powerful about that entire series is that you were so 
you were so sure of yourself. You know, there's so many people <laughs> that they're so afraid to like film the first few steps of, you yeah. know, their competition journey because they're they don't know if they're going to succeed. But you were just, you know, you were the opposite. You didn't care. You just said, you know what? I'm going to win regardless. It's going to happen regardless. Yeah. And so it did. And it was exciting to kind of watch the start, the middle and, you know, the end. And you continue to do the things that you're doing now. So it's awesome. Thank you. And I think I'd like to add to that just a little bit. I think where that confidence comes from is I just have such a piece about it that even if it doesn't happen now, I know where I'm going and I know that it's meant for me and I know that it can happen. So I think for me, it's like this this confidence in this just peace of mind of knowing that what's mine is mine, regardless of when it happens and regardless of how many failures, mistakes or you know U-turns or left turns, right turns that I take along the way, I know that my end goal that I'll get there. So that's why I'm able to take the hits and the failures and all of that in between and still have a peace of mind about everything. So Emily, if you could pick one, what would be your favorite? Prepping, stage day, or post-show treats? Stage day. Really? Why? Because that's the feeling, that's the moment that I work for my entire prep. That You know, that's, that's, I like, Whew. That I mean, nothing compares to that feeling. No food, no sweet, no treat, no no prepping itself. But like that actual just, you know, when I'm in the gym and I'm training and I'm pushing hard through sets and reps, I always know I'm like when I get to that moment when I'm on stage and it's actually stage day and I'm doing my thing, these are the sets and reps I'm going to remember. It's like everything is building up to that one moment. Mm. I love that. That's beautiful, Emily. So can you kind of bring us back to how you got started in competing? Yeah, sure. So I, let's see, I graduated college in 2012. And then I started my own women's boot camp. And I instantly had a pretty successful business. And it was going amazing. And I was helping people reach their health and fitness goals. And I, at that point, was already training super hard in the gym. And I was always challenging myself, pushing myself to that next level. And I essentially just kind of, I realized that I personally didn't really have that next goal. I didn't have that next thing to work for. I was working hard with my nutrition. I was following like a bodybuilder split already. I was dieting really well. And I just, I was like, what am I, what am I working for? And one of my friends was like, hey, you should think about competing. And I was like, what's competing? Like, what is that? Because (laughs) nobody in my town did that, you know? And I didn't have an Instagram, so I didn't see anything on Instagram. And when I looked it up, I was like, honestly, initially at first, I was like, okay, those bikinis are so small. You know what I mean? And I just like, I didn't understand the sport of bodybuilding just yet. Um, And so initially I was kind of like, I don't know if I could do that, but like, it's really admirable, you know, all the hard work that these girls put in. And then I just decided, I was like, you know what, I'm just going to try it. And if I like it, I'll keep doing it. And if not, then I will have pushed myself for something and, you know, I'll know. And so I did that first show in 2013. And then I placed third at that show. And my posing was terrible. My hair and makeup were awful. And I still did really well because I think I brought, you know, a pretty good physique. So then from there, I was pretty much hooked. (laughs) When in your heart did you know that you were going to be a pro and that that was something that you really wanted to do? After that first show. After the first show, you were just like, yes, this is what, this is, this was for me. Yeah. I mean, you know, I don't know if I was like, this is my thing, but I just knew that it it definitely wasn't a 
calling type of feeling or a purpose type of feeling. It was more so a, this is amazing. I'm so happy. I love this. So I would say it was like the first step in, I always tell people when you're trying to figure out like what you are about, follow those heart flutters, follow the thing, you know, try things and see what you like and, you know, see where that leads you. And for me, I tried it and I loved it. I didn't just like it, but I loved it. And I I'd set that goal of like, oh, wow, this is awesome. I want to be a pro. <laughs> So when did you decide that you wanted to start recording your journey and putting everything on YouTube? So I'll have to look back at the date, but I want to say it was 2014. Um, I, I'm, I'm pretty sure I was in prep for my like 11th and 12th shows or something like that. Um, I, I don't remember exactly the date of when it was, but I did start with my iPhone. So I just started with whatever I had. I had a really bad camcorder and then I used like an iPhone and I just used whatever I had and I started documenting it um, before I kind of hit the national level. And what was your reasoning for actually starting the YouTube channel? Was it just something that you were like, you know what? People are doing this. I'm going to try it. Yeah, no, not at all. Um, I didn't watch any other vloggers. I like um, I was with Alphalete at this point, I believe, or I was like friends with them or something. So I knew of like, you know, Christian Guzman's vlogs and I thought they were really awesome. But I personally just wanted to document the journey because one, I was already on Instagram and I saw how much of an impact simply sharing my journey could make on other people. And then two, I personally just kind of wanted something to look back on. Like if you guys can actually look at my very first YouTube video and I explain why I do it, I say, you know, I don't even know how to work the camera. I'm not sure what I'm doing. But I really just want to be able to document this and like something like if no one ends up watching, it's OK. I just want something to look back on. And it's really cool to go and look back at that video because you're like, oh, my gosh, girl, you have no idea what's about to happen. <laughs> <laughs> I actually watched that video. I really I actually remember you saying that, too. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? And like I even kind of it's funny. I, I talk differently to the camera because I was so like I, I don't I don't think that I thought that I was shy, but I just didn't know how to be on camera. I didn't know how to be myself on camera, you know? Yeah, but what helped you what helped you to keep continue going? Because I feel like, you know, a lot of us girls, we want to do YouTube. We started and then all of a sudden we're just like, I can't do this anymore. Like what helped you continue to go keep going? Honestly, the feedback from other people and knowing that it makes an impact is what kept me going because had it not been making an impact, had people not been sharing their stories about like truly the transformation that was happening just from watching my videos, I wouldn't have done it. Like there's so many times, like honestly, I think about <laughs> or have thought about quitting YouTube so many times. It's so much time commitment. It's so much work. And at one point I was like, why am I even doing this? Like, why am I putting videos out there? Why am I sharing my life with the world? You know, and then just when I want to quit, I get a message from somebody saying like how much it transformed their lives, you know, and, and how impactful and helpful it was. So truthfully, the fact that it makes an impact is the thing that's kept me going. Nothing else has because I have no desire, honestly, no just personal desire to just share everything with everyone. I actually really, really love privacy but it's the fact that it truly is like helping other people that keeps me going on it. No, it definitely does. And, you know, I've mentioned this before to you. I wrote on your um, I wrote a review when you started your podcast and I said, you know, Emily, like I am so excited that I started this podcast because one of the main reasons that. I started my podcast was because I remember prepping, you know, wanting to get my pro card and watching mm -hmm. your undeniable series every mm -hmm. single day, every single day. And like <laughs> the feeling you get when you watch it 
it's undescribable. It's, uh, it's something that is just crazy. And I'm like, how does this one person, this one movement make me feel like this? And I'm like, I have to figure out how I can do that for somebody else. Like, how can I do this to make somebody else feel exactly the same way? Because you have no idea how you make other people feel. It's incredible. And I I don't know, like, I love you for it. You know what I mean? And I'm just like, I just love that. I don't know. It's just so amazing. But I'm sure people who follow you also know, like, what I'm talking about. So that was kind of like my reasoning. And like, that's what motivates me because I just, I know, I remember like that entire time prepping for my pro card. (laughs) That's so incredible. And that also is just, it's another reason why I do it because I know that there are people like you that simply need maybe like an example or maybe just some little inspiration to get started. You know, you never know who's out there who doesn't even realize their potential or realize the impact that they could make until maybe they're watching a video and they're like, Hey, I should start a podcast or I should do this. And then it creates a ripple effect to where now, like you with your podcast, you're impacting and helping so many people and and doing that, you're inspiring so many people. And for me to even think that I had like the smallest part in that, it makes me feel a part of your movement and a part of what you're doing. And it's like the coolest feeling in the world. Thank you. Well, you are. It's true. (laughs) (laughs) So what do you think was like your biggest struggles when you were doing YouTube? Biggest struggles in doing YouTube, um, I feel like there's been a lot. I think the biggest thing is that it's so time consuming. It is incredibly time consuming. And like, honestly, I look back and I'm like, how in the world did I ever put out five videos a week? Like, how did I manage to do that? Because it is so, it's just so time consuming. So I think the biggest struggle is just the time consuming and then also all the technical difficulties. Um, there's so many times where I'm like, if I could just simply do my job, which is like edit the video that I created, then I could get this out so much faster. But yet, you know, you have lost footage or you have, you know, I don't know. There's so many different technical difficulties that can go wrong. It can be the most frustrating thing in the world. And I'm not someone who likes technology. I didn't know how to YouTube edit, you know, and that's the thing is I see that being the thing that holds a lot of people back. But the truth is you just have to stick with it and you just have to put up with it and get through it. Like I taught myself how to edit by watching YouTube videos. I would literally type in how to edit YouTube videos on iMovie, how to edit YouTube videos on Final Cut Pro. And I would watch tutorials. So I literally teach myself how to do what I needed to do. You know, when I have a technical difficulty, I freaking Google it. You know, I Google when, you know, your screen is saying this, what do you do? And I just figure it out. And I think that's how I've overcome those struggles is just having that I'll figure it out kind of mentality to where nothing can get me down. Nothing can make me quit. But I do get very frustrated and leave it sometimes. I'm like, okay, I've had enough technical technical difficulties. It's been, you know, six hours. I'll I'll do it tomorrow. Definitely. And basically, like the last question I wanted to kind of ask you about YouTube, because there's just so many things that I want to get to today. But I wanted to ask you, like, what has been your most memorable moment that you've experienced because of the creation of your YouTube series? I know there's so many, but if you can think of one that kind of sticks out, I would love to hear. Hmm. I think... I think it wouldn't necessarily be just one big moment, but I think it would be, for example, one thing that comes to mind is when I went on the Alphalete World Tour, uh, let's see, it was a little while ago now, and I went to all these different, you know, countries and places, 
And it was being able to meet people that were subscribed to my YouTube channel in person and hear their stories. And it wasn't just the Athlete World Tour. It's, you know, at expos and things like that. But I think the most impactful thing is truly when I meet people in person. You know, I appreciate a DM. I appreciate a comment. And it means a lot to me. But nothing, nothing compares to when I have someone in front of me sharing their story with me, like some really, really heartfelt stories, you know, and I always it's so funny from like my peers and other people that are YouTubers, like it's this running thing that like all of my people that come to me, most of them cry. (laughs) And they're like, Emily, why are you always making your girls cry? Um, (laughs) And I think it's just because I kind of just go there like I go there with my people and my family on my YouTube channel, you know, my subscriber base. And so I think when I meet people in person, like we've been through some deep things together that, you know, maybe I don't know about yet, but then, you know, they share it with me and it's sometimes really heavy and sometimes really just, you know, impactful. So I think that's, you know, the biggest impact that it's had on me is just those moments. How do you, how do you continue to show up in the world? Like what are some tips that you can give to other people so that they, you know, to continue to show up in the world? I think you just have to not put this, uh, don't put this idea in your head that you have to be perfect or that you have to show up a certain way. Um, My biggest thing is like showing up is better than not showing up at all. It's kind of like going in and doing a workout where let's say that normally you do four sets, but you only did three sets of everything. It's so much better than if you just sit at home and say, well, I can't do my four sets of everything. So I'm going to do no workout at all. You know, this, it's the same thing like on social media, you know, it's like, even if you just show up on your bad days, those, those end up being the days that people relate to the most, you know, just yesterday, I think it was, you know, I literally like wasn't on, on my social media at all, all day long. I had like the longest day in the world. I had, you know, prep and cardio and training, which is the smallest part of my day. And then I had just nonstop like back to back work and meetings and calls and things that require a lot of energy output, you know, and I almost didn't show up on my social media, but I was like, you know what, I feel like today I need to. So I did a little, you know, reverse cam Insta story. And I was like, what's up, guys, this is me. And I like have bun on top of my head just came out of the shower, you know, like, and I just kind of shared the real feelings. I was like, look, like, you know, today was crazy. It was nonstop. And I'm really thankful for it. And I'm thankful for like the moving pieces in my life. And, you know, not every day is going to be great. And those days people relate to the most. So I think just showing up on every day versus only showing up on your good days, you've just got to keep showing up. That's just powerful words of advice. I feel like there's a lot of times that happens to me too, where I'll just, Mm -hmm. you know, I either one happens, like I won't show up and then I'll feel so badly about it, you know, because some, you Mm -hmm. know, a lot of times when we don't show up, it's because something's going on in our life and we're dealing with that life stuff. But what we don't realize is that when we are sharing and when we are continuing to, you know, produce whatever we're, we're producing or continue to help people while we're going through that, it really just shows them that they can too, you know? So you really just don't know what, you know, <laughs> how powerful you can be even when you're, you know, at not at your highest self or not feeling like the best, you know? But, um, but yeah. I love that, you know, no matter what, that you're always producing and you're always connecting and, and it's just so nice. <laughs> 
Oh, yeah. And I mean, with that, I will say that it is so important to me that every single week I take time to unplug and to disconnect. Because if I don't do that, then I'm not able to fully show up as my best self for people during the week, if that makes sense. No, it definitely makes sense. And I was actually going to ask you about that, like burnout, like how often do you actually experience burnout? I feel like, you know, doing, you know, more entrepreneurship, we get more burned out than people actually talk about or share about, I feel like. Um, but I wanted to ask you how what your experience is like with it and how often you you go through that. Yeah. Uh, this is a really great question because I have so much experience with burnout. <laughs> um, yeah. So for a while there, I would burn out at the end of every single week, literally like complete burnout because I was just pushing pedal to the metal 110 miles an hour every single day, utilizing every single moment. And what I realized is that our our destiny or whatever you believe in, you know, wherever we're going, we're going to get there, whether we're pressing at 110 miles an hour or 80 miles an hour or 90 miles an hour. And what I've found is that it's so important to enjoy the journey and to enjoy the process and to breathe along the way. For somebody that's a very high performer and, you know, I always want to do my best. I always want to be in my 100%. There is something in being your 100% for that day versus being your 100% PR every single day. Every day is not going to be a PR in your business, in your life, in your training. But what you can do is just show up the best that you can every day. So what I found as far as um, you know, experiencing burnout is that if I'm experiencing burnout every few days or every week, it just means that I'm not um, allocating enough time throughout the day or throughout the week to unplug, to recharge, and to go again. And here's the thing. If you're reaching burnout like that on a consistent basis, then there is no way that you're showing up as your best self on a consistent basis even before you reach that burnout. Because here's the thing. I've found that I operate my best when I allow myself to relax, recharge, and to disconnect on a daily basis. So I just have certain boundaries in play so that I know, you know, I've really just experienced it so many times that I know that, at, you know, all this stuff that I feel like I need to get done, it can wait. <laughs> and like when I show up tomorrow and it's all still there, it's going to be fine. So I've really just had to kind of at different points in my life and in my business, I've had to reassess, you know, at what point can I stop? And I figure out like, you know, even if, for example, I'm almost done with the YouTube video and I could get it out, I make myself stop at a certain point of the day because I know it's more important for me to have a complete hour where I'm not working at the end of every single day. It's more important for me to do that because then I can come back refreshed. And I think that's the biggest thing is, you know, when you wake up in the morning and you feel refreshed for the workday, now you're going to be productive. But if you never allowed yourself that time to rest, you're not going to be as productive that next day. So it's my goal to not reach burnout at all right now. Um, whereas previously, like I said, I, I was reaching it by the end of every single week. And to me, that's just your body and your life telling you, you need to slow down, like you need to create more space in between everything. Could you give us an example of like how you create space throughout the day? Yes, that's um, no problem. So for example, you know, my schedule, I do my training 
happening in my cardio in the mornings. And then I come back and something that I'll do is take a walk with Vinny, my dog. But even when I didn't have uh, Vinny, I would go and I would make myself get up and go for walks throughout the day. So let's say that I'm back to back meetings from, you know, 9am until noon, then at 12, you know, at noon, I'm getting up, I'm getting water, and I'm not looking at my phone, not looking at my computer. And I'm even if it's like a 10 minute just walk and breathe, I'm walking and I'm breathing, you know, or whatever, maybe I need to FaceTime a family member. And so I'm like, you know what, I'm going to FaceTime them for 10 minutes. And sometimes that FaceTime like recharges you, it's like exactly what you need. And then you go back to work. So it's just creating a little bit of space in between all the madness, you know, so even when I am back to back to back all day long, I have those 10, 10 or 15 minute sessions where I'm like, okay, I, I need to breathe. And I need to like, focus and center myself so I can perform well at the next, you know, chunk of time that I have. Hmm. So how do you do you ever feel like you go throughout the day? And at the end of the day, you feel like you didn't get anything done? Um, not really. Um, <laughs> No, not really. Um, if I do that, it just means that I didn't I didn't set clear goals at the beginning of the day of what I needed to get done. Um, I always have clear goals, so I call it my daily excellence list. And my daily excellence list is it says that essentially these things on this list, as long as you get those things done, you will have uh, you will feel like you you made progress. Um, so for example, and these aren't just like normal to-do lists, normal things like that. It's like you, when you're thinking about what to put on the list, you think of like, what will make me feel like I've made progress in the, you know, in my top priorities of life right now. So maybe your priority of life is your business. Um, write down the few things that will make you feel like you made progress. For example, if you need a new website, Maybe the three essential tasks or the three daily excellence lists would be number one, contact website design person. Number two, you know, write out the email of what I need the front page of the website to look like, you know, different things like that. And then you take action on those things immediately so that those things are done. And by the end of the day, even if everything else went wrong and you had the worst day ever, if you got those things done, you're going to feel accomplished. That's wonderful. I love the idea of the daily excellence list. Um, yeah. <clears throat> Do you feel like everybody needs a daily excellence list? I just think that if you have a targeted goal, then you'll reach it. And I think that if you don't have a targeted goal, then you may not reach it. So I don't know. I think everyone could benefit from it for sure. Yeah, definitely. And I also kind of wanted to ask you, how are you always able to break things up into like tangible steps? Like I've noticed that you're always able to see things, you know, a lot differently than everybody else. You know, usually when we start something, we want to get to point, you know, D before we start with point A. How are you able to really break things up and see things li basically live in the moment? Yeah, I think, well, one, it's just being being present of the moment that you're in and not trying to rush to get to a step that you're not at yet. You know, even people who are prepping for shows, they get so down on themselves when they're six weeks into prep and they don't look like they're stage ready. And you're like, excuse you, like you have not prepped for the full time. So like, why, why are you putting these expectations on yourself of being stage ready when you're only at week six? You know, you're expecting to be at week 12. 
So it's one, being present in the moment. And then two, it's just you've really got to break things down into actionable items. So I always ask myself, you know, what can I do right now today to make even the smallest amount of progress on this thing? And I think the other thing is that bikini prep itself, when I'm going throughout my bikini prep, and let's say that I have, you know, a cardio session to do today. I see this cardio session as the one that gets me the win that I'm prepping for simply because, you know, by the time that I earned my pro card, it wasn't my peak week that earned me my pro card. It wasn't two weeks out that earned me my pro card. It was years in the making of me doing that cardio session every single day of me, you know, eating those meals that I had to eat every single day. And so what I realized by doing this prep over and over again, I've competed 17 times times now, is that it was all the small little details that people see as insignificant. Maybe it's a Tuesday and someone's 12 weeks out and they think that their cardio is not really that important and they're not pushing that hard. That right there is why they're not going to get first. It's because of that 12-week out session when they didn't push as hard, when they thought it wasn't that important, when in reality, the details, the small things that everyone sees as insignificant, those were the significant moments that truly made the difference. So that's why I can you know, break things down into actionable items because I'm like, I realize that what seems insignificant, like emailing somebody that creates a website, if that's a goal of yours, it's so important because if you don't do that, then you're never going to get your website. I <laughs> it's funny that you reached that you that you mentioned that because something something as small as emailing I would in my opinion I would be like I didn't do anything I I only e- I only sent an email but in all reality like if that's something that you need to get done and if that's something that's going to lead to something else then yeah. obviously that's extremely important I just think that you have this incredibly strong mindset about everything You know what I mean? And it's because, you know, me, I'm thinking I'm like an email, like, really? Like if I just did that, you know, in the beginning, I wouldn't even see that as like even a task. But Mm. I love that. Yeah, I love that. You know, and and then I me personally, I would feel hard, you know, be hard on myself if 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 my if I did accomplish that. I would still not see it as me accomplishing anything for the day. So I really like how positive you are. Yeah, I really love how positive you are about everything and how you are able to break things up into steps. And you do, you know, try to live in the moment and to not be so focused on the very next day and to really just, you know, uh, keep things very present. Exactly. How are you able to develop such a strong mindset? Because I feel like even from the beginning, when I first, you know, met you, girl, Mm -hmm. I remember the first time I met you and it was right before we stepped on stage. We all, you know, you came over and you're like, let's say a prayer. And I was (laughs) like, okay. So you grabbed everybody's hands and you started saying a prayer. I'm like, this is so interesting. (laughs) Like, where did you develop this, this such an intense and positive mindset? I definitely developed it growing up. So my childhood, um, my, so I have six, siblings. Um, and growing up, there was, um, there was five of us total. So I had four growing up and now I have six cause I have two step. Um, but anyways, my dad, um, honestly, he did so much character building with us and a lot of who I am is developed by a lot of the character training and development that my dad did with us from a really young age. And then also just that competitive drive is really easy when you have two brothers and, you know, sisters growing up. And we basically were like a sports team everywhere we went we were always competing. I remember doing like sit up competitions 
competitions when I was like, I don't know, six, seven years old and push-up competitions. And I always bring this up, but when I was, I think it was six or seven, I beat my older brother, Daniel, at sit-ups and push-ups, I think. Um, And it was the last time that I would ever beat him at anything. So I always have to bring it up. (laughs) But uh, yeah, so like we have that competitive drive in nature from, um, you know, just growing up and being competitive with each other. But it's a lot of, honestly, like, I give all the credit to my dad and things that he would do. I didn't even realize that he was training us the way that he was during certain moments. Like, for example, we were never allowed to say the words, I can't. So growing up as a kid, when you're not allowed to say the words, I can't, there's only one other option, which is I can. And we were also never allowed to quit ever. Like quitting was never an option. It doesn't matter what was going on. So because it was never an option, I naturally started to develop this thing where, um, you know, let's say that I remember I was sick at a swim meet and most kids who were sick at a swim meet or something, they just like wouldn't swim or wouldn't do it or whatever. Um, And yet I'm in the pool finishing my race, giving 110%. My dad's pulling me out of the pool the last minute to like get me because I was sick. Um, Same thing with my older sister, Julia. She sprained her ankle really badly and she was in swim team finals. And most people like you just pull out and she, you know, hobbled on over there, barely jumped off the block, did an amazing job, finishes the race. And then my dad picks her up out of the pool and carries her while she's crying. And he's like, great job. And she's like, oh, you know, hell yeah. Like she felt good about it. Um, All of us, like my, it's really just things that my dad instilled in us from a really young age. So I think those are some of the most impactful things. And then besides that, I was always told growing up that you can and will achieve anything that you set your mind to. And so it means like, even if it, even if you fail, even if you stumble, try again, like keep trying because you will achieve it. So I am really lucky in the sense that I was brought up that way. And I understand that not everyone was brought up that way, but I think that I'm living proof that it's simple mindset training and anybody can do it. You just have to start training your mind. So for anyone that's listening, thinking, oh, well, I can't be that way because I didn't have that kind of upbringing. Yes, I'm very grateful for the upbringing, but you absolutely can start training your mind right now. Just like you see a 30-year-old that's never picked up weights or lifted and all of a sudden they start doing it and they start developing muscle, you can develop these mindset tools and muscles as well. You just have to start. No, definitely. I completely and totally agree. I wanted to ask you about competing and how you actually took a break from the stage. Why did you feel in your heart that you needed to take that break and how were you able to come to that conclusion? Yeah, so that last season of competing for me, which was in 2017, I was going through every single change and hardship that somebody could go through at one time. And um, so personally, I was going through a lot. And then on top of that, I had taken off the same amount of time off as I did every other season. So I'd competing since 2013 and it was already 2017 and I had never taken a full year off of competing. It would be like a few months at a time and that previously always worked for me. And then this time, even just from the get-go, prep was so hard, (laughs) like way harder than normal where my body just was not responding the same. And the difference was, you know, I had always committed to a show and I'd always been ready and I'd always done the show. So I had never in my experience, I'd never experienced 
you know, choosing a show date and then not being able to be ready for the show. And so what I did was I signed, you know, my pro contracts ahead of time because I was like, I have no problem committing. You know, of course, I'll be ready. I'll do the hard work. I'm confident in my hard work and I'm confident in my work ethic. But what I didn't realize is that my body was just not going to respond the same way and that my body needed time off. I didn't, I didn't know that until I was way too far deep into prep. And then at that point, um, I mean, my body was screaming at me to take time off, but the thing is I was, I was so close to the shows that I did and they were all back to back and I was contracted into all of them. My sponsors had already paid for like everything, you know, and, um, I really didn't have an option at that point. Um, so I pushed my body beyond what I probably should have done. And, um, you know, there, I really just didn't have an option. I was in a really hard spot. So I knew before I even competed that I needed time off. I knew that, you know, had I not signed those contracts, had nothing been paid for, I wouldn't have done the shows. And I would have just easily taken time off and maybe come back for a little bit and then gone back in. Um, but that wasn't, you know, the case. So I completed the shows and at the end of the shows, yeah, I couldn't have kept going even if I tried. And I did try. I tried and then my body was like, absolutely not. You know, and that's when my coach and I were both like, okay, we have to listen to my body and I need to take solid time off. So I knew that I needed a long time off for my body to respond again. And what's crazy is that my original plan, once I decided to take time off, was no competing, no stage time in 2018, and that I would return to the stage sometime in 2019. So it's really funny how it kind of came full circle and I ended up doing that plan, even though like midway through, I thought that I would not return to competing again. (laughs) How did you feel about having to like actually take time off? Like how did you feel about the fact that your body was just not responding anymore? Um, I was just, I was really upset. It was really disheartening and it was really hard to go through because I think for the first time ever, I didn't have control over my body. I couldn't just work really hard and feel and look really good. And that was really upsetting to me. So mentally, it was so difficult to accept because, you know, my body was changing and I was adding fat onto my body. And, you know, I was, I was just not, I didn't look and feel my best, but I was willing to work hard, you know, for my best. Does that make sense? Like I was willing to like, yeah, it's like I was willing to do the hard work, but no matter what hard work I did, I couldn't look and feel my best. And it was, yeah, it was really disheartening. It was really hard to go through. And how did you cope with this feeling? Uh, You know what? I just – this is where I really had to hone in on loving myself, loving my body, and loving me for more than what I look like. I really had to go deep inside and I did, you know, a lot of personal development during this time to just learn how to love myself for who I am, not what I look like. And once I started to do that – Girl, I was able to like be in a bikini looking way different than I had ever looked before and and be happy and actually smile and not care at all what other people thought. Because like even when – even before that, when I was like shredded during prep, I would sometimes feel self-conscious in a bikini because I wasn't show day ready or something. And now that's like so insane for me to even think about. (laughs) You know what I mean? I just feel so differently. But – Um, I was really able to be confident in myself regardless of what my body fat looked like or what I physically looked like simply because I I learned to love myself for the freaking awesome person that I am, not what I looked like. 
Oh, that's so funny because I, I, I'm the same way. Like if I'm mm-hmm. in prep, I don't wear shorts to the gym. I don't know. It's really weird for me. And then like bikinis, I always still feel very uncomfortable, even when I'm like super, super lean. It's no just way. no weird. I don't even know what it is, but it's, I don't know. I, I don't feel weird about myself. I just have never really felt comfortable with like sh- wearing shorts and wearing bikinis. I was the same way. And I think, um, I think that I feel like I know what it is and this may not be for you, but it was for me. Um, what it was for me is that just like what we were talking about earlier, I almost, I had this expectation on myself to look show day ready. So if I wasn't show day ready, it's like I didn't, I was self-conscious or I didn't want other people to see me or I didn't even want to see myself that way. Whereas it's like I, when you really truly learn to embrace the journey, embrace wherever you're at, that's when you have freedom. Like freedom comes from being like, I'm 12 weeks out and like, this is exactly where I should be 12 weeks out. And you're happy about it, you know? And um, even if I wasn't competing, it's just like you understand like I am the most beautiful that I'll ever be today. And that's beautiful in itself, you know, and you wake up in tomorrow and you, you do the same thing. And if you're working towards a goal, hopefully you have progress and you get better every day. But it, it truly is coming down to embracing the journey like people don't understand how to live out what it means to truly embrace the journey. And for me, I think that's where YouTube has helped out a lot because, you know, when I'm on YouTube and I'm videoing my life for people and I'm videoing, you know, progress updates, you know, it really makes you have this like no shame feeling because you're like, hey, this is where I'm at. And you're literally videoing what you look like, Mm -hmm. you know, and so there's no pressure to be a certain way or pressure to like look a certain way that you don't look already. It just it is what it is. And the more that you can really embrace that, the more freedom that you'll have. And like now I don't care if I'm, you know, a million weeks out and my thighs are thick as hell in shorts. I'm like, whatever, (laughs) like, this is me. These thighs will catch all the snacks and the pretzels that drop. You know, like it just I feel like um yeah, you really gotta learn how to embrace the journey that way. Yeah, I was also gonna add, I feel like it was for me maybe more of an identity thing. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like I identified <laughs> bikinis with like stage ready, being stage ready. So it was like if I wasn't stage ready, I'm like, ah, that's you know. I don't know. Maybe yeah. it's like more of an identity thing or maybe just putting too much pressure on yourself, you know, but I, I, I agree. Like, I think that, you know, you really do need to live in the journey, live into the journey and also realize that there are seasons in your life, you know, yeah, if yeah, you don't exactly. fully, you know, if you don't fully enjoy every season, like you're going to go through the entire season unhappy and realize what did I just do the last six months, you know, yes. so it's so important to really just you know, let go and just be like, whatever. I don't know this, this, uh, the last few months I've been wearing shorts and I think it's kind of funny because I make a joke every time I go to the gym and I'm like, babe, I'm wearing shorts and I'm definitely not in prep. And we'll just, <laughs> just kind of laugh about it, but I don't know. It's, it's, it's funny. <laughs> yeah. That's so funny. The things bikini girls go through. <laughs> right. It's so funny. So what, what, um, what happened to make you get to that point where you thought you'd never step on stage again? I came so I at the end of that last prep, it was really, really hard on my body. And I ended up um, literally flying home after essentially a month of going on peak week because I had back to back shows. And then I had a flight and then I had a meal with my friends when I got home and I got food poisoning in that meal. And because my body was in such a sensitive state, 
I, I had to go to the hospital twice and I had tons of IVs and fluids in me and it was a really harsh experience. And like immediately my body was so inflamed and it just, it took such a toll on my body and my physique that, you know, maybe it wouldn't have taken had I not just done a month of peak weeks. Um, but you know, that combined with how kind of extreme I had to get with my methods at the end of prep led into my body just like it was all out of whack. So my health wasn't really good by the end of all of that. And because of that, it's like by the time that I finally started to feel good and healthy again, which I would say took at least, I want to say like at least six to seven months. (laughs) Um, By the time I started to feel really good and healthy again, I was like, man, I will never jeopardize my health ever, ever again. Like I never want to feel the way that I felt ever again. And I I started to feel so good that I was like, I never want to feel that way again. And you know, I kind of, I let that one experience kind of rule. I was like, man, I just, I'll never jeopardize that again. So, and then I also feel like I just got really happy and comfortable with where I was at, honestly, because I got to this place where, you know, first I started feeling healthy and I didn't really look like myself or feel like myself, but I was really happy that one, I was healthy and two, I was really embracing, you know, what it meant to like love yourself at every stage. And then I kind of went further into that journey. And then all of a sudden, my body started shaping up on its own without me doing anything, without me dieting. It just really started to balance out again. And I was able to eat really healthy during the week. And then I would have like a meal out on the weekends, or maybe even during the week, I would have a meal out if friends invited me. But I just, I was truly embracing what it meant to live a healthy and active lifestyle. And by doing that, I was able to essentially like do what I love, which is train and, you know, eat healthy foods, but also eat cake. And I really enjoyed eating cake, you know, (laughs) what's funny is I didn't really eat cake. It was more so like, I don't know, different desserts that I would have or ice cream cream and I could have cookies if I wanted to and plenty of snacks and I had a lot of freedom and flexibility and I was like man I just I'm too happy right now like I just love the freedom and flexibility and I'm looking and feeling great like this is like amazing you know Uh, and I just I think I didn't want to leave that comfortable feeling. So why did you decide to come back? I guess that's the loaded question. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah I was gonna kind of let you ask that question. So, you know, I just, I was really happy for a while and healthy and I was living this balance and it was going on for a while, but I just felt like there was a major part of me that was really untapped. And, you know, I I kind of started watching some old prep videos and I watched an old show day video and honestly, the second, the second that I turned on an old show day video, I literally was filled with tears (laughs) because I was like, I was like, man, that's fully me, you know, like that's the fullest, that is the fullest version of myself is when I am pushing myself, you know, and when I am being the most intense, passionate and driven version of myself, you know, comfortable Emily where things are like, honestly, just really easy. And I mean, easy in the sense of like, I just live it as my lifestyle and like, I'm really not having to try that hard because it's just simply what I love. It's like, I just, it's almost like I was a little bit of a watered down version of me and I always stayed true to myself, but I just, I didn't have an outlet to let this passionate, fiery driven side of myself out. And the second that I watched a show day vlog, I not only missed the stage and not only missed competing, but I was like, 
I just miss, I miss that version of Emily. I miss that fiery, passionate version of Emily and I kind of want it back. And you know, what's funny. I, I don't even, I mean, I'm sure eventually I would have come to the conclusion, but as I'm, you know, watching these videos and stuff, my dad actually called me and it's when I was, you know, kind of going through a lot in my own life. And my dad was like, Emily, I have thought about this for a few times now. And he was like, I've, you know, kind of been meaning to tell you, but I just want to tell you, I think that you should compete again. And I was almost mad. I was almost mad. I was like, like, what? I was like, what? I know. Because like in my head, in the background, I knew that he was right. And I knew that I would return to it. But I was so comfortable. And I knew how hard prep was and like, you know, how uncomfortable it can be. There was a part of me that was just like, you know, it's a big decision. Like I just had this look like, oh my gosh, am I really going to decide to do this again? It's almost like he hit the nail on the head and he Mm. was speaking truth that was already inside of me. It's almost like I just needed someone else to say it out loud. (laughs) And in that, you know, it coming from my dad, like I knew that I already knew I was like, oh my gosh, I'm definitely going to return to the stage again. And I held on to it for a long time before I really shared that with people. Wow, that's amazing. How powerful. I love your dad. He's just so amazing. <laughs> he's literally you guys the have best. such an amazing um, relationship. Oh, thank you. Yeah, he's the best. And I actually just um, I just bought a second headset for my podcast. And I'm going to um, interview him whenever I go weeks. Yay. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. I'll have to listen to that episode. So yeah. how would you say that this um, this prep is a lot different than, you know, your last preps? How would you say that, like, this season, this whole new season for you is so different? Number one, my headspace and my mental strength and just my personal life is in such a different spot. My mental strength has never been stronger. My, my headspace has never been in a better spot And I'm really relying on especially just my relationship with God and my faith in general is grounding me like I've never been grounded before. And not just that, but it's like I feel like in my own relationship with God and, you know, through this journey, I feel like he's just making things so clear to me. And it's almost like he's giving me one step at a time. You know, it's almost like if you imagine stepping stones and he's putting like, like one stone in front of me at a time and I'm just kind of trusting and I'm like, all right. And I take that step, you know, I do really good. And then I'm like, all right, what's next? And then I see the next one and I go, you know, so I feel like I'm really doing this journey with him this time. And, uh, you know, my faith has always been a really large part of me in general and in my life and in my experience. But I feel like I just, I feel so much closer and I feel like I just, I know him in such a different more amazing way than I ever have before. And I truly think it's going to make the biggest difference. And, you know, other speaking in terms of like the prep itself, I have never taken this long off of dieting or competing in my entire life. And I'm really noticing the difference that my body is loving it. My body is loving the challenge, loving the push. I'm strong. I feel great in the gym. And it, my body's responding really well. So my body's responding better than it ever has before. My prep, my prep coach, Paul Revelia, he's amazing. And he himself as a coach has developed and grown so much since he and I started together before I even turned pro. And so working with him is a lot different as well. So honestly, I feel like everything is different this time around. And I think another big thing is that 
you know, being a pro athlete and, you know, having these goals that I have for myself, you know, prep is not this, it's not this diet that I'm following. It's not this training program that I'm following. It truly is just what I do. It's a part of who I am. And the only thing that's really different is, of course, the amount of cardio goes up and my calories, um, you know, they're changing. So, you know, obviously I'm decreasing calories when I'm in prep and sometimes increasing them, um, which I'm about to do. But yeah, so for me, it's just, it's not a program I'm following. It's just who I am and what I do. Yeah. I love Paul Ravella. He's so amazing. He has a lot of amazing athletes. And, and, and I feel like another reason why everything is changing is because bikini is changing, (laughs) you know? So what worked before is working now because the entire, you know, your, your shape is different. What they want you to look like is completely different. And, and also, you know, with you taking time off, like what what worked for you in the past probably isn't going to be the same techniques you use this 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 go around. So yeah. it's definitely going to be a completely different journey for sure. Exactly. And that's why you just got to embrace the journey with wherever you're at. You know, you never know where the next step is going to lead you. So the only and the best thing that you can do is like be fully present in your now and make the most out of it. Smile, breathe, like say hello to strangers, you know. Um, I fully am someone that I enjoy prep and I, I make sure that I enjoy every single day. You know, I'm not one of those competitors that like isolates myself and doesn't see my friends or family and like all that stuff. I think that's like ridiculous, you know? <laughs> no, definitely. I was going to ask you that as well, you know, being an entrepreneur and, you know, working from, well, do you work from home or do you go to a outside I t- office? <laughs> I I try to split it up 50-50 if I can. With that said, I've been at home every day, all day this week just because of all the meetings and calls and things I've had. Um, But when I'm not on calls or meetings, things like that, then yeah, I try to go to a coffee shop or like a little office space just to switch it up for myself because I can sometimes get better focused work there if I don't have, say, laundry that I know I could do right now or some sort of distraction at home, you know, and and sometimes I just need to be around other humans. (laughs) I was going to ask you, like, do you ever feel like very isolated? Because I mean, not only are we in the sport of bodybuilding, which, you know, obviously can lead to isolation, but also being an entrepreneur working from home, you know, that's like a double whammy right there. So I was going to ask you if you ever felt, you know, lonely sometimes. Oh, a thousand percent. Yeah. And, you know, I think that at one point I realized that the life that I had created for myself had made me very isolated and alone because, you know, all the different jobs and things that I did was just on my computer alone at home. (laughs) And I realized that simply just like going to the same coffee shop at the same time, maybe once a week, and then maybe going to an office space, same, you know, day, same time, once a week, and just changing it up that way allowed me to have more personal interaction. And then I also just realized that I needed to change some things in my business because I personally function best in a team. I person I function best when I'm in person with other people. So I just created more of my life to be around what I enjoyed. You know, so whereas maybe I was doing more online training, I was like, you know what, I'm going to get some in-person training clients because I would love to just have that in-person interaction. And once I did that, oh my gosh, my happiness changed so much. I was so excited to like go and train my people in person or pose my girls in person. And it really, uh, it just, it felt amazing. So I think you just have to realize if you feel that way, that it's your life screaming at you to make a change. Maybe it's to work outside of the house or maybe it's to do some in-person stuff. 
Definitely. I just resonate with it. So I'm asking my own selfish questions right now. But um, yeah. <laughs> you of know, course, from home is like you you dream about it. You're like, you know, I'm going to work really, really hard <laughs> in the industry. I'm going to do all these great things. I'm going to work from home. So I quit all my jobs. I work from home. And now I'm like, oh, my God, there's no one around me. <laughs> like, I don't even have a dog. You know, my my boyfriend's oh. my dog, you know. So, oh, my gosh. Well, I mean, he's literally happy all all the time. So, so you know, sweet. he's just like, when he's home, he's, you know, ready to play. (laughs) But it's like, if I'm not around him, I'm not around anyone. So I feel like other people can definitely relate if they're, you know, you know, working from home as well, or they're in the fitness industry, that that feeling of isolation can always happen. But like you said, it's, it's just your body just telling you like, hey, it's time for a change. You know what, that's absolutely okay, because you can change it again, you know, in a few months, if you don't like it again. And, you know, just to kind of find that good balance that works, you know, works best for you. But um, yeah, but I love that. So I also wanted to ask you, like, do you have any mentors? Uh, do I have any mentors? Yeah. You know, I have uh, people in my life that I would consider like they're good friends of mine, but I would also kind of consider them, you know, mentors of mine, people that have kind of helped me direct me along the way. Um, one of those being, you know, the Frisella brothers, Andy Frisella, Sal Frisella. They're absolutely amazing. Um, I also have, uh, this one, one lady, Amy, she's a friend of mine and she's my, she's kind of like my faith mentor, if you will. She's somebody that's kind of walked along. She's walked ahead of me in a lot of areas of my life that maybe I haven't walked before, especially in my faith journey. And she's been a mentor to me, um, over the last, I guess, probably since like last August. And she's really just helped me out with, finding, you know, finding my own truth in, in this life and like really walking along that way. And then above, above all else, like the best mentor that I've ever had in my entire life and continues to be number one is just my dad. Honestly, I'm so lucky to have him. He's the best person in the world and has the best life advice. And he's just, he always knows what to say, you know, and he's helped me through everything in life. So definitely him. Well, thank you, Emily. You have been absolutely amazing. And we're coming to the Bikini Diaries question. So you can answer this any which way that you would like. Okay. If there was one thing you could confess, whether it be good or bad, about your experiences as a competitor, fill in the blank, dear diary. Mm, If there is one thing I could confess... If there was one thing I could confess, it would be that the win tastes way better than the burger that you're craving. (laughs) (laughs) Love that. Thank you for your confession, Emily. And what piece of advice would you give to someone wanting to become a professional in the sport? I would say that just like I kind of explained earlier, you rather than following a diet or following a training program, and seeing it as that thing that you're following. And then when you're done, you don't know what you're doing. Instead, first focus on just making this a part of your life. A true professional athlete, truly, this is just their life. This is their livelihood. So make it like a big part of your life. And then once you've got that down, then it's really easy to dial into shows. Easy. I say that lightly, but that would be my advice is just to make it part of your life. Definitely. Tackle that mindset, of course. That mindset is everything. Yes, I agree. And Emily, if we wanted to find you, where could we find you? And I know you have an amazing product I definitely would like for you to share as well. 
Yeah. So my Instagram is just my name at Emily Hayden. My YouTube is youtube.com slash Emily Hayden fitness. I have a podcast called the evolve with Emily show and it's available on pretty much all platforms. You just got to search it. And you you have a product or you, you not you ended it right. The 90 days of excellence. Yes. So yeah, so that coaching program just concluded. And as far as right now, I'm actually taking time to reestablish kind of refunction the systems of how everything works before I launch another coaching program or another offer. So you guys can just stay tuned on my social accounts. And later at the end of the summer, I'll probably have some updates for that. But what I'm focusing on right now is my live event on June 14th and 15th in Los Angeles. And I will most likely do these yearly. So I would love for everyone to kind of look into that, maybe watch it on social media, and hopefully you guys can join us uh, in next year's event. All right. Thank you so much for being on today, Emily. I really appreciate it. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. Everybody, don't forget to subscribe to her. She's amazing and makes incredible content. I'm sure you enjoyed this. Leave her a review and a rating. I got you, girl. (laughs) If you love this episode, just as much as I love this episode, and you know someone who may love this episode, just as much as you and I loved this episode, please pass them on to me. It would mean the world to me if you could help me help others. So please, if you loved it, it takes 30 seconds to leave me a five-star review and share with all of your friends. Thank you so much for tuning in today. And always remember to never give up on your dream.